0: Good day to you and welcome to the podcast for the Union Street Meeting House. In this podcast, we will be sharing messages from our weekly worship services. Union Street Meeting House is a Christian ministry that introduces people of all ages to Jesus Christ and recalls those who once knew Him back into an intimate, vibrant, living relationship with Him. We are a house for Christian fellowship and personal growth. You are always welcome here at Union Street Meeting House. Let's go into this week's message right now.
1: Bless you all. Thank you. Finish this line. I was glad when they said unto me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to see everyone. First time visitors. I have no idea what to tell you you're going to get because we have no idea what we're doing every Sunday. But we show up faithful and we're glad and... uh, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful time. It's good. God is good. We have to uh, sometimes just wake ourselves up to what God's doing in our life. If we're not careful, we'll get run down by the cares of this world, the Bible says. But we have an answer. Amen? We'll open your Bibles this morning to Galatians 5. It's 5, we're going to read 1 through 26. Hallelujah. If you don't have it, it's okay. I'm going to read it from the NASB. Um, Whatever version is fine. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Now, let me just set the stage here a little bit. When Paul's dealing with the Galatians and there have been been false teachers coming in and kind of sending them back in a way that they were and they began to celebrate holidays again and put more emphasis on that. And they also were basically trying to convince people to get back to Judaism and away from Christ, and probably three or four other inerrant teachers in that, in that process as he's dealing with that and he's addressing that. And so he's dressing all that, and he's kind of he's straightened them out a little bit, now he's getting ready to tell them what they need to do, okay? So this word is for us this morning. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm, and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you... If you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You've been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Let me just stop there this morning. I believe that the Lord ministered to me last night and showed me. Listen, I don't know. I want you to pray about this. The prodigals. Who hindered them? Where did their walk go? What happened? We have a heart here for the prodigal. I don't know i don't know uh I'm probably not a super evangelist at all i i'm more of I think of a church revivalist. I want to see the church wake up. I want to see the church come home, and I think the Lord showed me, hey, do you know there's an army of soldiers, meaning us, the Christians who are walking faithfully? but I think the Lord kind of shared with me something maybe just to give me hope, but I want you to pray about it. It was that there's some there's some you know how when you get when you get called to war, now we've not done this in, in ages, but at some point they have retired and they have gone on their way, and then there's a there's an event that happens and they say, Hey, we need to reenlist you. I believe God is going to start re-enlisting those folks again, and they're going to come home. I believe the prodigals are going to come home. And when they do, that's going to change this nation. So that's my prayer this morning. And I would say to them, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven." Leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you that the Lord will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves, for you were called to freedom, brethren, Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Now from here, from 16 through 26 is where we want to spend time today. But I say, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, murder, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another or envying one another. And I want to say to you, we talked last week that we have a role to be the salt and the light of the earth. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, God. Lord, we know that your word has the ability to help us to to cut deep into our hearts, to help us sort out those things that are ungodly and those things that are godly. And so, Lord, we ask this morning that your word speaks to our heart. We may leave here encouraged, maybe even a little bit with our toes stepped on, knowing that you have called us to a higher calling than we're walking. And so, God, we bless you this morning and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we were in Romans, and we talked about our two natures, the old self and the new self. We looked at Romans 8 and how Paul explains that we are, are not of the flesh, but we're of the spirit. Now that's all church talk. But what does it mean? You're not of the flesh. You're of the spirit. And that the Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the, from the dead dwells in us. Don't let that pass by. We hear this a lot. Do you understand that the Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you? Paul says we are under obligation to live by the Spirit and not according to the flesh. He reminded us in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, remember we did a Pastor Carl moment? <sighs> I had a couple people say they weren't here and they wanted to see me do it last night. If God be for us, who can be against us? And if you're here on the orchards, if you're here for the orchard on Saturday night's teaching, Pastor Carl often quotes that scripture and it often encourages us. Somebody raise your hand if you've participated in that. And he finishes chapter eight with this statement. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What an encouragement. Amen? He says we overwhelmingly conquer. I don't always feel like that. Anybody else share that? Sometimes I don't feel like much of a soldier at all, frankly. But Paul says, we overwhelmingly conquer. The Holy Spirit teaches us we overwhelmingly conquer. Remember last week I shared a little saying that I found helpful from time to time and that I needed to be reminded of it sometimes to stay plugged into things. And um, I noticed that there was a, someone shared it on a Facebook uh, meme this week after they had heard it. They, they, they enjoyed it. So if you weren't here, I'll get to share that with you today. And if you were, you get to hear it again. Amen. Two beings beat within my breast. The one is cursed. The one is blessed. The one I love. The one I hate. The one I feed will dominate. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to talk about that. Two beings beat within my breast. The flesh is there. We put it to death every day. We have success. The one I feed will dominate. The one I feed will dominate. It's really that simple. If you live by the flesh, you will fall short. But if you live by the spirit, you'll have life. That's what the scriptures teach us. The one I love and the one I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. Look at Galatians 5:16 again through 26. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. And he goes on and says those things. But then look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Listen, God gives us sometimes a filter that we can use to run things through. When I'm acting up down here in outbursts of anger. Anybody else have that? And we talked about this morning, Cheryl, did at the, at the campground that, you know, Jesus cleared the temple. He was angry. Righteous anger is different than when you just don't get your way anger. We filter that through and we say, God, is that of the flesh or is that of the spirit? We have to train ourselves and we have to teach ourselves and God has the Holy Spirit to help us, but we have a part in this. Amen? Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Romans thirteen fourteen says this, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, over, over the uh, past decade or so, there's been a resurgent of superhero movies, especially the Marvel movies, and my kids, they understand all that stuff, and they know all these people and all that. I, I've seen them. I, I enjoy watching some of them. I love Captain America and that kind of stuff, but I don't quite understand the depth of it like they do and what they go through and everything, but how many of you noticed these movies have made a big comeback? Of course, now they're going woke, so I hope they go broke. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so, uh, if you notice, though, in the characters, um, and and let me precurse this by saying this to you. Make sure that you're not hearing a message from me this morning that that there's just something that you need to do that's going to make everything just right in your life. Okay? Make sure you're not hearing that this morning. God is at work. We must always give him the room to work. But if you notice, most of the characters have to put a suit on in order to become that persona, um, that particular superhero. Even even Spider-Man in my day really did. He put a suit on just to uh, protect his identity. But today, Spider-Man's suit in the movies does all kinds of stuff, all kinds of gadgets and all that. Agree? How many of you actually know what I'm talking about? I just want to know if I'm speaking to anybody. Okay, about half of you. That's good. But listen, there's one particular character that comes to mind that um, I find a somewhat of a similarity, and that's Iron Man. And Iron Man is a billionaire genius by the name of Tony Stark who creates this suit, uh, the Iron Man suit, and when he has it on, he has special powers. He has powers of flight, explosives, projectiles, uh, he has... Assessment capabilities. I love that. So his suit talks to him and says, you're down to 20% battery and all this kind of craziness. Or, hey, your enemy is coming in from the west at 39 degrees and 42 latitude or whatever it does. You know, But it has this ability to assess. Okay, say, well, Tim, where are you going with that? Well, open your minds a little bit. And it's somewhat of an allegory in the sense that the Holy Spirit gives us this, this, this sense of discernment. You want more discernment in your life, then ask God for help with that. And he has this ability to assess capabilities, etc. Now, when he does not have the suit on, he's just a mere man. But when he has his suit on, look out. He becomes amazingly powerful. I think maybe the Apostle Paul watched the Avenger movie, and that's why he said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, a few of you got that, and that's good. Actually, we know better, right? But, but in a sense, it's what he's telling us, to put on Jesus Christ. We fall short. God never does. And obviously, I'm kidding about that, but in a sense, there are some similarities. We're to put on Jesus Christ. That means we are to take on his attributes, that we are to take on his mind. In fact, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And we're to take on his heart and love like he does. We're to take on his love and we're to take on his power. Two beings beat within my breast. One is cursed and one is blessed. The one I love, but one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. The one I feed will dominate. Remember Romans 12.2 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove or so that you may live out the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And we know the word perfect in the Bible has many meanings, but really means complete or fulfilled, that it's completed. Do you want to have a complete life? Put on Jesus Christ. Do you want to have a good life? Put on Jesus Christ. We must feed our spirit man. Jesus himself says this in John 6 and 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. God's Word. And we know that John even says, in the beginning was the Word. And we know Jesus as the Word. Remember, the one I feed will dominate. If you want your spirit man to grow or be strong, you must feed on God's Word. I'll share that when Pastor Bill retired from Eagle's Nest... He was asked to go to another church in the Selbyville area to stand in because they had lost their pastor. And I'm so grateful and thankful. Him and Mary Jane asked Pam and I to go with them on that first Sunday. And we began to go with them, and I began to hear him every Sunday again. And I found my spirit, man, getting stronger. And I said, wow, I can't understand what's going on, but I'll tell you, if I may... What kind of happened was, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe like a, maybe like a, a, a football coach who, who gets transferred to a new team, and he's excited about that, and boy, he's going to get them straightened around and get them the word and, and just get them going. When we went down to Selbyville, Pastor Bill looked at that crowd, and I'm telling you, they were as dead as this wood. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. In fact, my friend Trent Collins, we'd go down there and play some music, and Trent said, you ever notice how it just feels like everybody's feet are nailed to the floor? <laughs> That's what he said. It was a great word because during worship, listen, if you can't worship God and get excited about Jesus in worship, you need to reevaluate. Say, oh, me, or amen. Okay? But Pastor Bill got on fire down there, and it just it just, it just burned within me. And my spirit, man, grew, and I was... It was just different. You must also recognize and yield to the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Many of you are merely giving lip service that there is the Holy Spirit. You know it up here, but you're not walking in it. We're not baptized in it like we ought to be. In fact, some of you, I believe... If you're not careful, would if you were honest, you would say, I'm a little nervous about letting the Holy Spirit have in full control because I really don't know what that would do in my life. I like my job. I like my family. I don't want to get too radical. I don't want to get too crazy. And you'll never say those words out loud, and you certainly wouldn't say it in the company of our friends here. But some of you just haven't, in, you're inhibited by... Letting yourself go. Some of you have some control issues, frankly, that you need to let go. God wants to do marvelous things in your life, and he does that through the Holy Spirit. E. Stanley Jones tells of a story. Uh, He would do the uh, Texas ashrams, and he would do teachings there, and a man comes up to him after he preached on having the Holy Spirit, and the man said, oh, I would never let the Holy Spirit influence my life. Uh, He went on to tell Dr. Jones that he loved Jesus, but would never be comfortable being led by the Holy Spirit. That would be just too strange. Dr. Jones spent the next hour explaining to the man that Jesus himself was led by the Holy Spirit, that Jesus himself had the Holy Spirit. And after his resurrection, that Jesus himself breathed on his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. The man ultimately responded, well, if Jesus had it, I want it too. And the man had been in church for over 30 years and said no one had really explained it like that to him. I obviously didn't read his Bible either. But you know what? Sometimes you need a good explaining. I'm reminded of the farmer who, I don't even know the year, but back when there was just cash and checks were coming on the scene and the farmer uh, was farming the land, and his neighbor farmer sold his land to a city slicker, and the city slicker came in, and he wanted to farm, but he didn't have any equipment. So he went to his neighbor farmer and struck a deal with him and said, hey, i really, I really like to have my land in crops. Would you consider doing that for me, and I'll just hire you out and pay you and give you a fee? And he said, sure, absolutely. So they come up with an agreement on the wage, and. They took care of that, and then, when the farmer was done, he went to the city slicker and said, hey, I want my money. And he said, okay, I'll get it for you. And he pulled out his checkbook, and he started writing a check. And the farmer said, hey, what's that? What are you doing? He said, I'm going to write you a check. He said, oh, no, no, I want cash. He said, well, I don't have any cash. My cash is all in the bank. He said, well, it don't matter. I want cash. He said, well, listen. You take this check up there, and you show it to them and give it to them, and and they'll give you your money. Well, he was super skeptical, but he decided to do it. So he went to the first bank, and he slid the check underneath the, the rail bars there and said, I want my money. And the lady said, well, Mr. Bennett, if you'll just sign this check on the back, I'll give you your money. He said, no, no, I'm not signing anything. I don't know what this is all about. I'm not signing nothing. That man said he would give me money. He didn't give me money. He gave me this piece of paper, said bring it to you, and said you would give me my money. And the teller said, well, yeah, that's how it works, but you have to sign it on the back. He said, I'm not signing anything. He said, I'll go next door to the other bank. So he goes next door to the other bank. He goes inside, slides it in under the same thing. says, I want my money. Teller says, well, no problem. said, uh, this happened to be a gentleman teller, said no problem, just sign the back of that. Mr. Bennett, and we'll get you your money." He said, I'm not signing anything. He said, Mr. Bennett, you have to sign it in order for me to pay you. I'm not signing anything. Well, the teller got so upset, he reached through the bars and grabbed him by his shirt, and he said, Mr. Bennett, you sign that check right now, and I'll give you your money. Well, he couldn't get his pen out fast enough, and he signed the back of the check, and he slid him all his money. Took his money, walked over to the other bank, said, see, they gave me my money. The teller over there said, yeah, I I realized that, but you had to have signed that check. He said, well, yes, I did, but they explained it a little better over there. (laughs) Sometimes people are in churches and they're not getting things explained to them. We have a belief in the gift of the Holy Spirit that when Jesus says, I'm going away, but don't you worry, I'm sending one. Dr. Jones explained to that man and his life was changed receive ye the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, how do we walk by the Spirit? Well, can I share with you as I was writing this that I don't think it was just the enemy. I think it was me also. It was like, Tim, well, how in the world are you going to explain these folks how to walk by the Spirit when you struggle with it too? Well, I don't know what to tell you about that. I just know it's real. But I know that's what we're supposed to do. I know it's what God's word says. And first, so let's talk about walking. When you are walking, you are in motion. In reading some of the writings about Independence Day, John Adams said, I find it more horrible to do nothing than to do something wrong. I agree with that. When you're walking, you are in motion. You are leaving one destination and you are journeying to another destination. You want to walk in the Spirit? You must first walk. You can't keep doing the things you've always done and stay where you've stayed and expect a different result. When you walk, you inherently walk away from somewhere, and you walk to somewhere. Or you walk away from something, and you walk to something. It's an action. We are to walk away from our old life. We are to walk away from the flesh and its desires. And we are to walk into new life. I love Pastor Carl when he talks about we have been transferred, This is the examples that he does, by the way. We have been transferred, and we've been you've been transferred into a new life. Don't walk in the old ways, it's an action. Be intentional about your walk, constantly filter your actions through the Holy Spirit. If at first you must do it uh, verbally and and, kind of very cognizantly, then do so. Wake up and say, God, I want to do this today. Is this something you'll be pleased with? Holy Spirit, tell me, I want to do this. Is this good? Filter it through the Holy Spirit. Be intentional about it. Am I doing this for you, Lord? Am I doing this as an act of the Spirit, or am I just acting in the flesh, God? Pray often and continuous. Ask God to reveal if your actions are of the spirit or of the flesh. We, we must pray. It, it's, I want to call it an art, but you know what I mean by that. But it's the lost art of the church. I'm telling you, it's the, it's, it's the lost art of the church. Our prayers are what I call Walmart prayers. You've heard me say it here before. We're just asking for things and things and things. That's not, well, it's praying, but that's not praying. We're praying that God will lead us, that he will infuse us with his spirit, that we will receive all that he has so that we can be all that he's made us. Pray often and continuous. Ask God to reveal these things to you. Immerse yourself in the word of God. Be obedient to what you hear. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm amazed when I think about the power that I've had when I walk in the Spirit and yet turn around and fall short again. It makes no sense to me. God, why can't I sustain this? We talked about this because it is. It's like a river that's rushing. I mean, we're not talking about the Broadkill, we're talking about the mighty Mississippi. And when you step into it, you're gonna move. And when you step into the flow of God, you're going to move. The problem is we want to stand on the shore and wonder why we're not down there. Somebody say amen. It's the spirit of the Lord that we must be in. This community will never get changed by doing what we've always done. Something has to be different. This place has to be filled with the spirit of God, period. And you bring him in when you come. You really do. Our hearts are sad when the place is empty. It's the people of God that have Jesus living in them. I I wanted to share this last night at the orchard when I went to visit the Brooklyn Tabernacle 12, 15 years ago. Thousands of people attend there. And you walk in and the person that's at the door, there's something different about them. They're filled with the Spirit of God. And you see it, and you sense it, and you feel it, and you know it. And then you think, well, that's just a fluke. That person's just happy, aren't they? But then you go to the next person, and they're filled with the Spirit of God. And you wonder why God has moved on that city? It's because God's called people there who love him, who want to be in the flow of what he's doing. And that's where we need to be. We must Walk in the Spirit. We must be intentional about it. At the same time, it's nothing that we do. We're just simply saying no to self and yes to God. We're simply saying, I want to die to that old stuff and live to the new life that God has for me. Somebody say amen. Amen. Can I ask you this morning to put on Christ Jesus our Lord? That Iron Man has nothing on him. Seriously. I'm telling you, when you're walking in the spirit, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. When you walk in the spirit and, and, and God will say, that person's got to struggle. You need to go talk to them. Or, or, or in my case, sitting in the airport in Dallas, Texas, for the first time I ever flew in my life, and, and getting lost, I didn't even know how to get the rental car back. I just said, God, you got to help me. He said, follow that bus. I followed that bus, and that bus was going back to the terminal. And I know that was God. He gives us this uncanny ability. I was, I was sharing this morning at the campground. We're talking about Independence Day. And I'll close with this, that the movie National Treasure, there's a particular part in that movie where they're trying to get the clues of where the treasure is. How many of you seen National Treasure? Let me see your hands. Okay, a bunch of heathens. That's good. We're in the right crowd. Okay. So when they look in there, and they can't, they can't see the clues, but they get this clue of where... Uh, they, they need to go, and they, he knocks this brick out, and he opens it up, and there's these set of inocular, it, it, he calls it an inocular device. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's little glasses. And he flips them around, they get the color, and they lift, they turn the Declaration of Independence over, and now they can see what it says because of these special glasses. You have special glasses. You have a gift. You get to see more than the average person ever will. The person who is walking without God can't see the things that you see. God has made it possible that he reveals himself and he speaks to you so that you can live a life victoriously and abundantly. Amen? So can I say put on Christ? Can I also say put on those Holy Spirit glasses? Ask God to give you a set so that you can see what it is that he wants you to do every day of your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, we want to be encouraged, Lord. Lord, we know that we fall short. There's not a person in here has to tell us where we fall short. We know. And Lord, unfortunately, you know better than we know. And so, Lord, our prayer this morning is that you speak to our heart, that we would walk in the spirit, that we would walk in the fullness of everything that you have for us, that we would walk in what is good and perfect and wholesome, we would know love like you did, Jesus. Lord, we would see those things that others can't see because you want us to be a minister, Lord God. We talked about last night, Lord, how will they know unless they hear and how will they hear unless there's a preacher? And Lord God, I'm convinced that's not a pastor in a pulpit. I'm convinced that's a person willing to tell anybody else about Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, our goal is to teach and tell about the Father that you are, about the Son that you sent, and about the Spirit that reigns in us, that we can just live abundantly and joyously and victoriously, God. And we bless you this morning for it, and we praise you, and we receive it this morning, God. Let us us get in our quiet time this week, Lord, and ask for a double dose of your Spirit, Lord, that we would receive it, that we would be different, that things would look different from this point forward. We give you all the glory, blessings and honor and we pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people who are in agreement with this prayer said, amen, we'll bless you. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. You know, we would love to invite you to come and visit us in person sometime. If you're ever in our area, you can find us at 415 Union Street in Milton, Delaware where we have prayer and worship services on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m., Bible study on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m., and a Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. We would love to minister to your children as well. We offer children's church during the adult service. Children are excused to go back to their classes right after the worship time. You can also find more information about us on the web at unionstreetmeetinghouse.org or on Facebook at Union Street Meeting House. So we look forward to sharing the message with you next week. Hope you'll return to this podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.